Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Clio Talk. My name is Matt. And I'm RC. And uh, we have some good rail talk to give you guys today. But you went to Omaha recently. I did. And I'm going to Omaha soon. Oh, you are. How was it? It was nice. It's it's a lot larger than you think, because I've been to Lincoln a lot, right? And it's the capital. You know, they got the big college there. So I kind of just figured that it was the biggest town. But Omaha, I think, is larger. Like, they have one building I think is about the same height as the tallest building in Missouri. And they're getting one that's going to be 10 feet taller than it, getting constructed right now. Like, they're laying down the foundation right now. I mean, they've got, you know, the zoo with the Desert Dome, TM. they got a cool museum. It's just like, wow, this is, like, actually, like, a nice town. Like, it's very walkable, surprisingly. Yeah, the zoo is basically the only thing I've ever been to at o- Omaha, other than, like, I've been to, like, a concert there as well. But, like, the zoo is legendary. Yeah, but, see, and that's where I was steered wrong, is I had been to the zoo and been to Lincoln. So I just kind of assumed the zoo was Omaha and there was nothing else, but it's like way on the outskirts, like, you know, very outskirts of suburbia. There's, there's a whole downtown core. That's like pretty nice. Actually. Like we were walking around at like nine o'clock to go get ice cream and it wasn't too bad. Yeah. And you saw the buses. Yeah. They have a rapid transit bus that just hit 1 million riders this year. It, and it was pretty efficient. We were sitting at a bar and just watching it go by and just about every 10 minutes it was uh, right at that stop. So it's efficient. It's uh, articulated, I believe. Fancy. Big bendy bus. Bendy yeah. bus. Yeah. Omaha BRT. Well, I did hear they're thinking about putting in a Kansas City South streetcar, though, too. That's good. Yeah, I, I heard from somebody who lived there that we were meeting up with that they're uh, talking about putting in a little bit of light rail. They got a couple areas that like are pretty obvious contenders for it, too, like the Union Pacific headquarters. <laughs> Speaking of rails. Yeah, will uh, UP pay for that, though? You got to imagine to be somewhat of a vanity project of, hey, uh, you know, our world headquarters of this massive railroad company is serviced by railroad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it needs to be the UP railroad. It can't be a local municipal railroad because then people will get ideas that you can well, have municipal railroads. Well, you know, they could uh, get their branding on it. Have it like you could get a cargo street rail streetcar. There you go. That would be actually really cool. And so it's something that I know we talked about uh, earlier, which is going to be part of this podcast, is uh, if you ever like bought those high-speed trains from the Japanese or maybe like a European country that's able to run those 200-mile-an-hour trains and you run it from like St. Louis to Kansas City to Denver, what's to stop you from also having like high-speed freight on that as well? Yeah. You move a lot of stuff with trucks. And I know that's the the meme, I guess, is, you know, getting one of the Shikansen bullet trains, but... You know, it's you a perfect testing ground. The American bullet train. No, but if you were... I, I know that there's like a big East Coast mentality because the East Coast is kind of in charge of rail planning, like like continental rail planning in the United States for some reason just because they use a lot of trains. But it's like... Is there a more perfect... I, I know the whole Northeast Corridor thing is like a thing is density or whatever, like use of transit. But is there a better spot to test a bullet train in the United States than like the Midwest, like the Heartland area? 
because there's like no mountains at all. It's flat as a board. And, you know, you were talking about the St. Louis, Casey, Denver. That's basically a straight line. Like, yeah. there you go. And if it goes off, you know, exploding, well, it's in a farm field. You know, it's not in. And killing everyone on board. Yeah, it's not in Hoboken, New Jersey, though. You know what I mean? It's not going to go off in the middle of downtown New York City at 350 miles an hour. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. But. Speaking of rail, there's more development going on for Amtrak. Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, from Oklahoma, from the Norman transcript, the Norman City Council has approved a resolution in favor of Amtrak's announcement that will open a new line for passenger rail in Oklahoma. The company announced a nationwide expansion that includes a new route on its Heartland Flyer from Oklahoma City through Wichita, Kansas, to a connection that ends in Newton, according to its website. The new service will offer one daily round trip and two additional trips daily between Oklahoma City and Fort Worth, Texas. Norman is a stop on the route to Texas, Amtrak's website reads. So this is basically the Amtrak Connexus plan, where they're, you know, I think a couple years ago, maybe the beginning of Biden's term or whatever, they, they unveiled the big, you know, the map TM, where it's basically just expansions and uh you know speed enhancements or whatever that they're planning you know that hypothetically they'd like to do but i think this is the first major one at least i've seen of them actually putting down concrete dollars towards doing it you know yeah because this is a major and you know i I know we have a lot of like east coast west coast listeners this is a pretty major thoroughfare that if you look at the transit map of the United States, it's impossible to get to Dallas without going to St. Louis or Chicago. And it's impossible. To, you know, it's just like a giant black hole where, you know, from Kansas City, if you want to get to, you know, Kentucky, to Memphis, you have to go to Chicago. If you want to go from Kansas City to Omaha, which a three-hour drive, oops, sorry, you have to take the train to Chicago first and then go to Omaha, you know, complete opposite direction, which it's like, I guess in theory, you know, it's good that you have a transit hub, but going eight hours in the wrong direction, even if trains are more like carbon neutral, like carbon friendly or whatever than driving, it doesn't seem that much of a like net carbon savings to just go eight hours in the wrong direction and then eight hours in the correct direction. You know, you're almost tripling the length of the trip, tripling the amount of like emissions you'd have to put to get to the location. It's just nonsensical. And God forbid, if you're a person from Kansas city who wants to uh, take a trip to Memphis to see the uh, big Bass Pro pyramid currently on the route map, you would then need to go to Chicago and then back down to Memphis again. So this problem goes to multiple different cities, which are pretty large and for American standards, uh, probably in the top like 200 American cities mm-hmm. connecting each other. Uh, you know, all these cities have people that live in them. They aren't abandoned, you know, yeah. apocalypse well, zones. And I guess importantly for this uh, Heartland Flyer expansion, this connects Oklahoma City. You know, they don't have to go to St. Louis to get to Kansas City. It connects them up with the Southwest Chief. And it connects a lot of people uh, go from Oklahoma to Kansas to go to school or vice versa or go from Texas to Kansas to go. I know my alma mater, Wichita State, offers a lot of uh, 
discounts to people in Oklahoma, Nebraska, or Texas. Basically, they get in-state tuition, so this helps facilitate college students too. I mean, there's there's a lot more than just people doing daily commuting. You know, if you want to go to school, well, you can just hop on the train now. It's an option instead of having to go all the way up to Chicago, all the way down to Dallas, and then up to Oklahoma City. Yeah, or having to get a car. Yeah, or having to get a car. Because that's, that's the number one thing that I've always had a problem with with transit in the United States is people making fun of Midwesterners for driving everywhere. Because there certainly is a car centricism that tends to be the prevailing mindset in most Midwestern people. But it's not really assisted by the fact that every single dollar of like federal money goes towards either expanding in the Northeast corridor or expanding California and the Midwest basically doesn't get anything. So why the hell should I, you know, take a train when it's going to take a 14 hour train ride to go two hour drive, or I could just fly there for an hour. You know, it's just like, it's like, you know, the big heads in Philadelphia, New York, whatever, are just like trying to make us drive everywhere without actually having any incentive to not do so and then making fun of us for driving. And maybe that's just like my little bit of a uh, underdog, you know, brow beaten down. Nobody loves us. I remember seeing a post once of uh, why do I think it was actually a TikTok. I am sorry, everyone, of uh, someone advocating. No, you uh, didn't have to admit that. <laughs> I didn't have to admit that, no. Uh, Where some person was just like, why would we even need high-speed rail here gesturing toward the middle of America? We only need it here on the coasts, yeah. forgetting that a large portion of the United States population uh, and also a large pers- portion of the American GDP comes from the, the middle part in between those two mountain ranges. And it's not even like a, oh, we're flyover territory, though that is it to a certain extent. It's more or less just a, you, you know, major policy platform of pro-train, pro-transit, pro-public transit, whatever people is reducing carbon emissions or whatever. But then they they only seem to want to get the people who already ride trains to just ride trains that are like a mile an hour faster or you can go 10 feet further with it rather than incentivizing people who don't have any access to have trains like who who wouldn't normally ride a train to get them on a train like 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 the the uh, Missouri River Runner you know that's yeah. straight in the middle of car country right from St. Louis to Kansas City two very suburbanized car focused country uh, cities cities. but train was freaking packed when i wrote it like people want to if you offer a 50 dollar ticket from one city to another that people travel between people will use it and people won't drive because and and the the thing that you need to do with these is one you have to be faster than a car and two you have to be cheaper than the amount of gas it would take to get there yeah and if you can be faster and cheaper than the tank of gas it would take to get there, then your ridership will go up drastically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know a lot of people who do take the Missouri River Runner on a frequent basis for weekend trips between St. Louis or Kansas City. But, you know, just as much as what happened to you happens to them all the time where you get stuck on the rails. And then what's the point? Because it's a three and a half hour drive. If you spend eight hours sitting, you know, just outside of Boonville, yeah. but what's the point? Because it's really nice to be on the train when there's like highway backups and oh, we're just, you know, by traffic, you know, we're driving past you. But then when you're just parked, as I was when I went to Chicago a few months ago, with nothing like, oh, there's no there's no traffic. There's nothing wrong. Like nobody jumped out in front of the tracks and all the cars are still just zooming on by. It's like, wow, I feel like a real idiot now, don't I? Yeah. But at least you can drink. 
Yeah, that's true. But if you get drunk, they kick you off. Really? Yeah, it's lame. You can drink, but you can't be drunk. <laughs> but you need to yeah. let us drunk drive the train. I hope so. I mean, you should be forced to drink when drive on the train. I mean, it's on rails. What are you going to do? I think my dad said that the other day when I was talking about them not being security screenings on Amtrak trains. And he was like, oh, that's kind of weird because, you know, like, what if it gets hijacked? Where are you going like, to go? Like, where are you going to go, dude? <laughs> you go backwards or forwards? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's on rails. Like, like it's not going <laughs> to. So another train has hit the World Trade Center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And uh, speaking of Midwestern with the River Runner, uh, yeah, I rode the St. Louis Metro system. Oh uh, yes. the other the other day. I believe you live tweeted it. <laughs> I, I, I did. I uh, went to a St. Louis Battle Hawks game. I got Ooh. incredibly drunk. The XFL, and you know, then took the Metro, which I was really excited about because I was drunk. And in retrospect, looking back at it, wasn't that great. Because the same principle of, I mean, it was cheaper than a gallon of gas, but how much? How much was it? And it how, was, how far did you go for that amount of money? Uh, it was two dollars and fifty cents, and I went from basically Ballpark Village to uh, the end of one of the lines. I'm not going to say which of the lines because I don't want to. Well, I just meant like a mileage. Like, oh, uh, I don't exactly know the mileage, okay. right, but, I, but I did ride most of the route. Okay, so the like two fifty. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, but the issue is, is basically you could have driven for how long it took to ride it. You could have driven from where we were back to where we were staying, back to where we came from, and then back again on the highway, mm. which yeah. wasn't that great. And I'm not sure if that's just because the driver was just driving really slow or uh, whatever, or maybe it was not peak hours, uh, trying to find any way, but it was a rather disappointing They've experience. Got- Two lines, I believe, like the red and the blue line. Yes. What exactly? How many trains do they operate? I don't know, um, but it wasn't really that long of a wait. Uh, one of the lines arrived first, basically, when we were there, and it wasn't even like five minutes until the other line that we needed arrived, uh, going uh, the direction that we needed to go. Uh, yeah, because I guess that is always the problem with those things. Is it's great if you have a streetcar, subway, whatever system, but then when the community government or whatever doesn't invest in it enough to make it actually run reliably then people look at it as a waste of money because it's like well it takes 40 minutes for the bus to get here or whatever you know and the the time it takes for the bus to arrive or the streetcar to arrive or the metro to arrive is greater than the sum total of the driving time when in reality the solution to that is just do like they do in Omaha, just run the buses more, just get more buses, run them more often, get bus lanes or whatever. Cause like in Johnson County, that's the issue is they have like three bus lines and it can take 40 minutes at a stop if they even ever come and it's unreliable. So nobody uses it. So then they look at nobody using it and go, well, why are we funding it? So then they cut funding and then less people use it becomes, it becomes even less reliable and just the service degrades. Like it's like a cycle. Yeah. And another uh, gripe that goes towards that. uh, I uh, know a person who needs to uh, use a, uh, you know, ride KC transportation service in order to uh, get around. They're unable to drive, but they need to go to uh, certain like day services and living out in the suburbs of Johnson County. Uh, a lot of the like free, like transportation for someone who is disabled 
uh, is outsourced to other companies mm. who do not show up on time at all will either show up completely way early and uh, not actually like be there like the person's not up or not ready to go or show up so late that they're not going to be able to make it to their doctor's appointment or anything like that. Yeah. And that's it. An unreliable public transportation, especially for people who are disabled, is a, you know, an end, like it, it's a game ender because yeah. they don't have the job uh, option like I do to jump in my car and be like, all right, well, the bus is late. I'll just drive. Well, I think that's the micro transit incentive that the uh, Johnson County Transit, whatever is trying to do, where the, basically it's just Uber. It's just instead of buses running on a route, you just call them and it's like vans instead of buses yeah. and it's it's just stupid because it, it's basically one step away from not having a bus system which is dumb because again people take the wrong look on this like constantly which is it's not a question of well i want to drive so i'm not going to use the bus so therefore we shouldn't pay for the bus it's yeah you can drive but what about the people who can't drive like kids yeah. or disabled people or like what if you have like a surgery right and you live by yourself and you can't drive home from the surgery well, would you rather call an uber or just jump on the bus or whatever you know it's like the the whole point of the service is just being a like backbone mobility system for people who can't drive because when you center it around driving, that's a massive amount of money, too, that people have to have to be able to exist in your city. So it disincentivizes. And maybe that's the point of it all is maybe Johnson County, Kansas City, all those areas want to disincentivize people from living there if they can't afford a car because maybe it prices a certain segment of people out of the market. and Maybe some of those areas would be okay if those people were priced out of the market. Well, and, and that's just the scummy part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, and then back, back to my Metro uh, experience in St. Louis, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure that there is a Metro card that you can buy and use, but uh, I had to buy like just an individual one ride ticket. And uh, that system I thought was, it was nice at the beginning, but the uh, validation thing, because you bought the ticket and then you had to stick the ticket into a validation thing, which gave it a stamp, and then you went down, and it worked exactly like how it worked in Minnesota. And I know well, we Minnesota, went, we just bought it, and then yeah. we never had to show it to well, anyone. Well, we bought like a six-hour thing, and this was yeah. a one-ride one ride ticket, but it worked similar to a Minnesota like stop where like you could have a ticket or you could just go on it and you know take take the risk of getting caught without it. And yeah. uh, both times, I don't think anyone uh, on my rides didn't get got caught without it um but i had both times in minnesota and in st louis i had the ticket but i know some people that was with uh didn't validate their ticket in that thing which oh. could have been also an issue so i think maybe reworking that a bit or maybe just buy metro cards but i was with people who are from st louis and they uh didn't you know really know how to do the metro card or uh, really ride that thing very often which says something about the ridership of the area if you're a st louis local and you don't yeah. really ride it that often when i as a kansas city local have ridden both kc buses and the kc streetcar yeah and that's that's just i see it as kind of a failure of the system i mean obviously it's way cooler than what kansas city has and it's been there way longer but if kansas city uh had the ability to do something i feel like maybe the execution would have been a bit better but I don't want to be that weird little brother who always keeps thinking about St. Louis when St. Louis doesn't think about Kansas City at all. Yeah. Well, and that's the weird thing is it's like it is like a little brother syndrome, like you say. But like other than having more people 
and having a subway. I mean, Kansas City has a football team, like a real one, which is better. Kansas City has, like, the draft is coming to Kansas City. It's not coming to St. Louis. The World Cup is coming to Kansas City. It's not coming to St. Louis. You know, we, it's like we. St. Louis just got a soccer team. Yeah, we've had one for years. We have a okay. Well, I, okay, well, St. Louis has to beat on baseball. Like, but it, it's just like, is is population the end all be all for cities? Is that just like it? Like, oh well, they got a million more people, so that's it. Because it's just like, well, do they even have a million more people than us? I think the metro area for KC is like two point two million, and St. Louis is like three point two million. Mm. Don't quote us on that. We don't have any like factual facts up on that at all. But. I have my brain, which I'm pretty sure is close. So, but it, it's just like, I don't know. It, it's kind of a weird dichotomy because it's like, yeah, I guess it's like a. Yeah, but St. Louis is like the last East Coast looking city. It, then it turns into like is. Well, they're St- the gateway to the West, yes, right? St. Louis looks completely different aesthetically and architecturally than it than Kansas City. Yeah. Okay, here. I, I started a firestorm with this. What would you say? I, I was on Twitter and I got into an argument with people. Regardless, though, what do you think the best city in the Midwest is? Oh, boy. is it... I didn't consult you on this before. Right. I, and if any of you follow us on Twitter and you saw that, I was drunk. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> so... he was drunk, and uh, sadly, it's been deleted because... Not we... sadly. <laughs> N- not sadly, because we, you were trying to pick a fight with someone who... I wasn't trying to pick a fight. I was trying to talk to them, and then they took it like combatively. And it's like, well, okay, see, you know, you've taken... A... Anyways, what do you think the best city in the Midwest is? <sighs> okay, um... I don't want to pick Kansas City because we have a regular, like a regularly Kansas City focused podcast. Yeah, it's kind of shitty. Yeah, it, other it than is, Kansas, City. Uh, other than Kansas City, um, I really like the Twin Cities. I'm a big fan of the Twin Cities. Is that the Midwest? Is that the Midwest? Is 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 Denver in the Midwest? I I don't think Denver is. See now, the, I guess that's just like a personal preference. Of where do you consider the Midwest? Is Denver the Midwest? Because I mean, it's not, it's, or is it Rocky Mountain, like the West? West. I would say that Denver's the first Western city. That's the first West because it's like the boundary of the West. But right? some people don't consider like Kansas to be in the Midwest, or some people consider Missouri to be in the South. See, those people are wrong. Like, I'm both. Well, okay, Missouri on the South, you got a better argument just because culturally it's more Southern than most Midwest cities. But Kansas City, I think, is like the furthest Midwest. Everything. I think everything in between Kansas City and Denver is like the heartland. Yeah. It's kind of like the farmland prairie, just completely flat. So for ease of purpose, I'm drawing the line basically. Imagine the map of the United States. We're going Cleveland all the way down the border of Ohio to Cincinnati. We're hooking and riding the Ohio River basically down to the Mississippi. And then we're dropping. We're cutting in through Missouri. Uh, doing a slight cutout for the Ozarks. I'm not really considering them yeah, to be part that's of the like Midwest. Almost different culture. And then uh, hooking up to Kansas City, maybe riding it out to about like Lawrence, and then hooking up and then sliding that basically up into the border of Canada, then driving across, hitting the Great Lakes, pulling the Michigan. Okay, so you do think Minneapolis. Yeah, I, I would consider okay. Minneapolis Midwest. Because I don't know what else you would count it, I guess. Yeah. I would consider Minneapolis Midwest, and if we aren't counting Minneapolis uh, Midwest, um, I don't want to say Chicago because I'm a hater as well. 
and I don't want to say St. Louis because of uh, Missouri. Missouri. Why are you a Chicago hater? I, if, for, for lore purposes, uh, my uh, parents are from the uh, state of New York, uh, uh, and it's they're the third city, and I mean, just your pizza is a bread bowl. I mean. See, now this is going to be controversial, but I think Chicago is going to be my pick. <laughs> I really liked it when I was there. I mean, okay. I, I've i never been to New York. I've I, never been to the East Coast, period. I'm a landlocked boy, like, true to heart. Oh, I, I am, a like, raised mainly in the Midwest man myself. But, like, and I like Chicago. I just, I don't want to, that seems like the easy answer. And I, I know it's like, the easy answer. I, I just, you picked Minneapolis and I didn't want to pick Minneapolis. Minneapolis is so, it's such a good it city. It was nice. I, I'm not going to pick St. Louis because they're not good. I'm not going to pick Branson because holy Jesus, why would you pick Branson? <laughs> have you have you been to Branson recently? No, not recently. Um, I mean, Dayton was okay. They had a cool museum. Indianapolis, I just drove through Indianapolis. I didn't really I, go there. I've never been to Michigan. So Indianapolis, I do really like that Soldiers and Sailors circular monument. That is really cool. And it's like, wow, this feels like, like an actual yeah, we, downtown. And we should have gone in, but we just drove past. And well, yeah, and they have this downtown. And then you walk basically like a block or two. And then it's just kind of like, okay, cool. You had this really impressive, like massive skyscraper surrounding this absolutely gorgeous, like Soldiers and Sailors monument. And then it's right back to what you imagine every Midwest city looks like. Yeah. I'm, I haven't been to Cleveland. I'm going to have to go there soon. I refuse to put Cincinnati for sport-related reasons. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm just kind of left with Chicago. <laughs> My cousin's husband's about to open up a brewery in Cincinnati. Cincinnati? Yeah. 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 Well, I, again, sport-related reasons. I can't be a fan of them for like 10 years. So, no, they're okay. Yeah. Does Wichita count as a Midwestern city? It, I'm not putting it on the rank, but I'm because it's not even close to That's top a good ten. Question. I mean, I would say Wichita. What is Oklahoma City in? Is that the South or is that like Tornado Alley? Does that count as a thing? Well, we're going off of like the standard American Midwest like regions. Like there's you know the New England, Mid Atlantic, South, yeah. Midwest. Southwest, West Coast. Yeah, because I, I think Oklahoma would have to be in the Midwest now because it's not really Southern, is it? It's it's not, but also, I mean, it has more of a cultural connection towards more Southern things than yeah. anything else. And I think more than Missouri. I mean, yeah, I just. It's a hard one. I mean, Wichita, it's just like I live there, and it, it just doesn't scream south to me. No. But it also isn't really the same as most. I, it, it doesn't have a long history of deindustrialization as most Midwestern cities yeah, have, yeah. have, which is not an excuse to ignore Midwestern cities because they are still like very strong, vibrant economic places. It's just, yeah, they it's don't, just different. Now. It, it, it's more service industry focused and yeah. more uh, office job focused than being a industrial powerhouse. I, I think it, I think it gets Midwest just cause it doesn't fit in with the South. I mean, yeah. it just doesn't, if, if we're doing like the traditional regions, it's definitely not West. There's just nowhere else to put it. I and, mean, and it, it's so hard because like 
Arkansas, you know, 100% South. Yeah, that's the South. But yeah. Arkansas touches Missouri and Oklahoma, and I think Oklahoma goes more South. I don't have a map in front of me, so don't quote me on that. I will pull uh, up. I mean, yeah, I think it does. And, like, Texas is obviously the South. No, Arkansas goes a bit more South. Yeah, a little bit. But um, Texas is 100% the South. And yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I think the South, like, what is, quote-unquote, the South, is pretty much just, like, a Civil War-based distinction. Yeah. Because, like, Florida is the South, but culturally... Eh... Uh, culturally, it is uh, very warm New York. Yeah, exactly. But it's still the South. Yeah. And, and like, Virginia is considered in the South, but Virginia is, like, more of a mid-Atlantic state. Yeah. Even though it was the capital of the South. Yeah. And, like, Missouri is very Southern, but it also wasn't a part of the Confederacy. Which a lot of people, a lot of people I know, uh, very surprised when I tell them that. It's like, yeah, no, it was never a Confederate state. Uh, Did they want to be a Confederate state? Some people did. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people Uh, did. There there was a uh, famous, that's a person that Kansas City sometimes tries to claim, Jesse James, who wanted to be Confederate. Yeah. Um, Quantrill. Okay, here's another question for you. Is Philadelphia, er, not Philadelphia, is Pennsylvania landlocked? No, because of the estuaries for the rivers. Okay. Because uh, Philadelphia has a Navy yard and has basically kind of a port. Is Missouri landlocked? Missouri is because even though it's connected to the Mississippi and does allow more uh, naval travel through the Mississippi River, it's too far down the Mississippi and has to go through too many different states. And I I know what you're pulling up, but there's a difference between that estuary and riding down like the last third of the Mississippi River. There is a say, difference. Well, well, I mean, technically, now is Chicago, is uh, Illinois landlocked? Um. Uh, because, I mean, it's got the same thing as Missouri, right? It does have the same thing as Missouri, but the the Canadians control the access on getting out. So I'm going to have to rule it as landlocked because you can't trust those Canadians. You can get out without... Wait, no, you can... Oh, I guess you're talking get, about you get to like the Montreal, ocean. yeah. Yeah, well... I don't know. I, I think if you got to count... I don't know. I think that's my contrarian take is Missouri is not landlocked. <laughs> Is it, have you ever looked at the uh, the the map of uh, like the live tracker of uh, boats? There's a boat live tracker. Yeah, it's like Flight Radar uh, Twenty Four. Were, were you on Boat Trader? No, Boat Tracker. No, I but, mean, but like Boat Trader popped up where you're trying to hey, buy don't, a boat. Don't don't bring that up. You don't have to dox me. No, it, it's 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 like a this. What the hell? This brings up my uh, point of it being landlocked. Is look at how many boats are in the Mississippi at every given time, straight from New Orleans. Like that's a lot of oceanic transit that comes up all the way to Missouri and up to Chicago. Because you don't need to use the Canadians to get to the ocean from there. You can use the Mississippi because they built the big canal right here. So that's what I say is there's a lot less. Even Kansas City, these are like oceanic boats that just go down the Missouri River. Yeah, it's a lot more. Uh, I, I sometimes forget that the Missouri River is kind of navigable. Yeah. Like you can go down the Missouri River. Yeah, right here. We got a big ash for it. It's just like a lot larger than you think. Because like when you drive over the highway or whatever onto it, it's like, yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, it's, it's like, wow, that, that is a okay-sized, really gross river. 
Yeah, it is pretty gross. But yeah. Well, that's that solves the question. Uh, Philadelphia is not landlocked. Missouri is, and Chicago, Illinois. They should really just rename Illinois to Chicago. I I I can't. <laughs> uh, there, there are the people in Cairo, Illinois, that might have a problem with that. Yeah, you think so? Springfield. Who the hell made Springfield the capital? Come on. I mean, why is Albany the capital of New York? Exactly. Who, why is Sacramento the capital of California? Who did this? <laughs> who, seriously, who did this? I, I don't understand what they were doing in the 1800s when they decided these like state things. Like right here, you got Kansas City, you got St. Louis. No, Jefferson City is the capital, also, of course. there's nothing in Jefferson City. If you are curious, look at a map of Jefferson City and look at what's there. Um, there's literally <laughs> wow, the Capitol a, building. The Capitol building, a kind of downtown, the old Missouri State Penitentiary, and then a Walmart. They do have a Target. They do have a Target. So they are a town. But, but like, Columbia is really close, and Columbia is, like, quadruple the size. Oh, I forget about Milwaukee. You forget about Milwaukee? You I don't for- watch Red Letter Media? I, I do. I don't watch Red Letter Media, but I did see that they were playing uh, when I was in uh, St. Louis. So you guys can figure out when I was in St. Louis. They were <laughs> Milwaukee Brewers were playing the St. Louis Cardinals, and they had uh, the Brew Crew. That was Ooh, their jersey. The it just said the Brew Crew. <laughs> Hell yeah. On the, the Brewers uniform, and that was that was really sick. Did you, speaking of baseball, did you see that, um, this is just completely like a topicless podcast, by the way, at this point, guys. Did you see that they're extending beer sales to the eighth inning now in a bunch of major ballparks? Hell yeah. Because the games are like an hour and a half long. <laughs> we, I need to go and I need to get the beer bats. Have you seen the beer bats? Yes, I've seen the beer bats. I, I want a pound of beer bat and I want to watch the Kansas City Royals lose <laughs> twelve to two we, to do a random team that's never going to win another game. We got our own like uh, Iron Fist of Donald or whatever. Where I think it was Chris Bubic, 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 Chris Bubic uh, struck out like ten guys in a row, which is like yeah, no one's ever struck out someone like ten guys in a row since uh, nineteen eighty seven. As the Royals lose twelve to five. It's just like, it, oh it, the, the Angels situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Iron Hands of Donald. It's like, Shoei Otani hit 17 home runs today, something that hasn't been done since Babe Ruth in 1902, as the Angels lose 17 to 18. God, I... I hate baseball, dude. dude, dude, dude uh, the, the, the Royals are going to be... Uh, dude, John Sherman just needs to sell the team to a guy who wants to spend money. I, I my, see my proposal was if you take the Angels, move them to Kansas City, combine them with the Royals, you'd almost have a competent team. Almost. <laughs> like, so you'll have everything you want. A uh young white guy with a mullet, a older white guy who can really hit, and a random Japanese guy who is really good at baseball. Who's probably the best player in baseball on a team that hasn't made the playoffs the entire time he came from I feel so bad for Shoya Tani because he was making like gangbusters in Japan for like the J- Japanese, Japanese league. league. I'm not going to call it its actual name because I don't feel like I can say that. But um, they he comes here. He signs. Yeah, it's like a fat contract with the Angels. I think like two hundred million dollars. But you know, it's like I'm leaving where I'm a household. He's a household name here. But you know, like you're the face of Japanese baseball in Japan. Which it's a pretty big fan base. Well, You're coming to the U.S. not because you like are making it big. I was reading an article about him. It's because he wanted to play in the MLB. Like that was his dream. Was I want to play in the MLB because you know it's the baseball league. So he took a pay cut from what he was getting in Japan. 
old to come to a team where they haven't made the freaking playoffs the entire time he's been here. It's like, come on, dude. You got the golden years of Shoyatani's career, and you can't even make the freaking playoffs? But it's not like the Angels are obviously spending the money. Because they have Mike Trout and Shoyatani. I don't know know how they don't, like— Well, you get the World Baseball Classic where it's just, like, the most exciting baseball you've seen in 10 years. You know, like Shoyatani versus Mike Trout. And then they go back to the Angels and they suck. (laughs) It's like, guys, what are we doing? (laughs) We need, like, a congressional inquiry into how the Angels are possibly bad. It just doesn't make any sense. And, and like, the thing that makes me really sad is... I know that not everyone can be on the teams that are going to win the World Series. Uh, yeah. You know, your your short list, which are going to be the Dodgers, the Yankees, and basically the Red Sox at this point. Mm-hmm. Like Those are like your three best chances and like the most legacy franchises yeah, like out there. Bloods or whatever. And, uh, but not everyone can be on them. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there's a thing that you say in baseball, right, where it's like you can't, you know, you know it's it's hard because you can't always score, right? Like yeah. you can be pitching a lights out game, but if your batters aren't hitting the ball and scoring, well, you're gonna probably lose. But Shoyatani hits the ball too, and he hits it really good. It, like it, like he's the pitcher who gets the pitch and score points. It, How do you lose with that? I, it, he's really wait, good at both sides. Okay, how does that work? Because the National League stopped doing pitchers have to hit. Does he volunteer to hit? Yeah. He yeah. he, he's a, he, he does it on purpose. It's not like a, he has to hit. So did, He did, chooses to pitch and hit. Do, do the Angels not have a DH then? I think Be, because because like he plays outfield, I think. I think he's center field or something like that. But yeah, I think they must not have a DH when he pitches or something. It, it's weird. I don't know. They're the only team that does it, except for the Royals, <laughs> where we had Nate. Nate Eaton, I think our second baseman or uh, left fielder pitched the other day. <laughs> Are the Royals just giving up <laughs> and fucking around? He wasn't bad though, Matt. <laughs> he was our best pitcher that day. Was our left fielder. <laughs> he threw. I, he threw a nasty slider, dude. He I, plays I, left field. I, 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 what are we doing? I, I hate the Royals so much. Dude. I hate I, them, I, dude. I hate them. It's <laughs> just like, why is Nate? Why is Nate Eaton the best pitcher on our team? Why can't we just have con- John Sherman sell the team, dude? <laughs> you know the saddest thing is Billy Butler's been to more World Series than Shohei Otani has. Billy Butler's been to a World Series in 2014. He was still on the team. I think he was. No way. Yeah. No. No. I think he left after that season. He left after that season, and then we had a uh, you know the crew in 2015. But I think he was still on the team in 2014. Big Country Breakfast. What was he like? 38. Yeah, he had to have been. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't. Ret- it's baseball. He didn't retire until he was like forty. And I, I hate the Royals, dude. I, I, I hate them so bad. And and we have Zach Greinke again. Remember, we, we went to the Cy Young when he won it in like two thousand and eight. Yeah, you as remember, kids. You remember when we drafted him, and it's yeah. like, wow, we got this all star pitcher. Oh, okay. I guess it, he's on the Yankees or wherever. No, now. no, he demanded to be traded because the Royals. Because yeah, they suck. <laughs> and, and, and where's he at now? You know, you on know, a horrible Royals. You know, you know the saddest part. What? The Royals in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, whenever you know the early two thousands. Yeah. Um. They had a better winning percentage than the Royals did last year. Last year was their worst winning percentage in like 
20 years. Okay, at, at, at this point, I don't fault Whit Merrifield for doing what he did. He, he it's could, just anything to get out, dude. Yeah. Uh, for people who don't really care about sports, Whit Merrifield. Which is probably most of yeah, our Whit, listeners. Is, sorry we shifted hard from hardcore trans. What are we even going to gonna name this one? How do you even like comprehensively I, name this podcast? I, I, I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Whit Merrifield uh, was a uh, player on the Royals who uh, was one re- hit wit. One hit wit. He was refusing to get vaccinated because of COVID nineteen. But uh, the Royals are going to go play the Blue Jays up in Toronto, and you had to be vaccinated to play in Canada. And he released basically his statement, basically in, in the shorthand version of it was, "Well, if the team was actually better and we had a chance of winning something, I would do it." Yeah. And uh, out of spite, the Royals then traded him to the Blue Jays. Yeah, so, to he make, had to get so he had to get vaccinated. <laughs> and that's the saddest part. Is we... and I, I think, don't quote me on this because I don't exactly remember because it's been a, f- a few days now. But I think he did score uh, like a pretty like impressive run against the Royals in the series. That yeah, he, was, he was pretty good. Yeah. Because yeah. he was a pretty solid player. He's solid. What the, that's, okay, that's, if you want Royals nut, baseball in a nutshell, we get a generational talent. And next year he's on the Yankees or the Red Sox. We just trade him. It's like the 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 fuck the freaking story of the Royals' life is traded for prospects or traded for cash considerations. Now, Every freaking player we've ever had traded for prospects. It's like, come on, guys, can we just have some players? Well, it, the World Series team, you should have because that's what usually happens. Is you probably should have you had a bunch of guys, you had a bunch of contracts ending. You could have traded most of them. And gotten a, a pretty solid development core to develop and then run for the series in about like now, basically, because yeah. it, it's been it's, we're sniffing 10 years since they won the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's which, which, which we didn't do. We let everyone basically get like com- in, into free agency and yeah. then uh, v- Ventura died. Yeah. Rest in peace. He was our, he was our, basically we're building our pitching core around him. He was a really good pitcher. He died in a car crash. Not his fault. Not his fault. But yeah. And then it's just like, wow, we got rid of Wade Davis and a bunch of other superstar pitchers that made up our probably best, one of the best uh, relief pitching cores in the league. Probably close to league history. They got to be up there, like top 10. Yeah. And now, uh, and now defensive shifts have been basically like, restricted so the yeah, way that the Royals which is good I think. It, it is good but the way the Royals did win the World Series through like defensive shifts and a uh, solid pitching core is impossible to do again you're gonna have to get some big bats yeah and big bats cost money and the Royals have never wanted to spend money John Sherman sell the team at he, least he got rid of Dayton Moore and it, Cal Aldred. At least he did, and he did buy it from the Glass family. At least we're not having anti-masturbation uh, seminars on opening day like Dayton Moore used to do. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with the Royals? Yeah, he's great. Why do they have anti-masturbation speeches? Here's Dayton Moore. He wanted to make sure they are saving their energy for the game. <laughs> oh, my God. What this yeah. team... Okay. It's 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 Cal Eldred, our pitching coach. We would have a pitcher who's supposed to be good. He would suck, and then he would get traded to another team and become a lights out like all star pitcher. It's because our pitching core was like making them worse, <laughs> and we didn't get rid of them for five years. Are, are, are there any developmental prospects from any of the minor league teams, the Royals, or do we just are we just gonna do another nineteen eighty five drought where we don't do anything? Uh. 
we're in the middle of the draw right now. We've oh. got Bobby Witt. He's our starter from the uh, Storm Chasers. He got up last year. When when Whit Merrifield was gone, for context listeners, if, God, if anybody's still listening to the baseball podcast. But for context, when Whit Merrifield and a couple of other players couldn't go to the Blue Jays, uh, we had basically all of our young players come up from the minors, and it was like the best Royals baseball we've seen all year. It was like incredible. Oh, my God, they actually know how to play. They're scoring runs or whatever. But it was while we were already mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, so it didn't matter. And then where are those guys now? Either in the minors or traded for prospects. <laughs> but Bobby Wood's still here. Bobby Wood is still here. He's going to be the new Salvador Perez. Wh- when is his contract up, and when is he going to get poached by a different team? Oh, also, God. why is Salvador Perez still here? Because he's, he's a good catcher. But but like okay he was, sorry he's not a good catcher mathematically analytically he's not a good catcher he hits home runs though yeah he's and, fun he and, hits and, home and runs he's cool he, he is a I, I I think the only Royals merch I own is a Salvador Perez Royals T-shirt I got a Wade Davis jersey he's the best closing pitcher I think in the history of baseball quote me on that man I mean honestly I feel like. Sal- Salvador Perez is one of the like few Royals merch stuff you can buy, which will still be like maintained. Like it's yeah, like he, that, he, or buying like a George Brett or Bo Jackson. He's gonna retire in like two years, but yeah, he's yeah. uh Bo Jackson. Yeah, I want to get a Brett Saberhaven jersey at some point, just because the last name is cool. <laughs> okay, we need to we need All to right. either get back on the track or just end this because okay. this is going nowhere. Uh, this is, sorry, everyone. Uh, th- that was baseball and train talk. Uh, this has been a Clio talk. We will have uh, more episodes coming soon. We are reintroducing the actual history themed episodes. We're hoping that it's a uh, every two weeks have a history episode and in yeah. between that have a talk. Yeah, if you guys haven't listened to our History of the Space Shuttle, go ahead and tune in. We got episodes one and two out by the release of this episode, so they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, this has been Cleo Talk. You can go ahead and follow us at Cleo History on Twitter. Uh, if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review or share it with friends or both. And if you have any suggestions or uh, you know reviews in any way, shape, or form, if you like National Park episode, if you like this episode, if you like in the history, you can shoot us an email at CleoHistoryPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, We are on wherever you get podcasts. So uh, that's it for this episode. Thank you. Bye.